about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In with the Lord. And every week we come together to talk more about how to live daily with the Word, working in us, getting closer and closer to using our faith to achieve and receive all that God has promised in His Word. So my name is Art Cardos, and I welcome you again this week. Um, If you've heard the program before, you know we can get pretty excited on this program. And if not, well, you'll find out we can, because the Lord's given us special abilities. And and I think so many of us as Christians um, just either don't remember who we are, don't know who we are, or don't use who we are. You know, we're told we're made in the image and likeness of God. What does that mean? I think people say it so nonchalantly, like, yeah, we're made in his image and likeness. What does that mean? Does that mean he has a head and arms and legs? Or does it mean you have special abilities and special gifts, supernatural gifts, that allow you to perform tasks exactly as he did when he created everything? I think one of the things that's the hardest to comprehend for people any of us as humans, is that there is such a divine creator, a creator of the universe. Um, We would call him an alien. We would say that aliens were here and they brought us uh, what we have today. Well, there was one alien, his name was and is God Almighty, the creator of all. We do not know how he came to be nor will any human have that kind of information available to him. But the Word of God tells us he always was and always will be. Now, that's hard to understand. Always was, always will be. Is that a frame of reference? Because to us, it's always was and always will be, or is it always as an eternity? So, from that perspective, we have yet to receive that data on how that all came to be. But we do know that we know that we know that all that we live in, called the earth and the atmosphere and all the technology and all of the uh, atomic structure that exists, is no accident. It's too complex, too, too... amazingly consistent, to be a random act. In other words, a big bang that happened and all of a sudden everything fell into order. (laughs) I mean, that is the most illogical thing that was ever tried to be perpetuated on the human race, that there was nothing and then there was this big bang and out of it came extreme atomic structure and extreme order. And, uh, and most of all came the human body, which when it's 
reduplicated has all the same parts and in some cases interchangeable. You can take one from one human, put it in another, and it still works. To me, for anyone who believes it just baboomed, exploded, and everything just became boom, perfectly in line and started working <laughs> with intelligence, that that would take, you know, if you believe that, I mean, I got a bridge I could sell you too, you know, we used to have a joke with that, you know, the Brooklyn Bridge, you know, I can sell you a bridge, you know, if you'd like to buy one, because you can't, it doesn't exist, and neither does any of the information before the Big Bang. You cannot, there is no scientist alive that can tell you anything prior to the bang. So that leads us to me, anyone with intelligence, to a conclusion that the Big Bang was not a random thing, but it was a, a completely intelligent explosion ordained and orchestrated by, by something, someone, some divine creator. And he, according to the Bible, it tells us, God said, light be. And when he spoke it, and he spoke it, because that's what the Word of God tells us, it, there was a Big Bang, ba-boom, and all of light began to exist at the rate of 186,000 miles per second and continues to expand the universe at that rate. Now, God created us, and I, I always like to start off with something like what I just said because it makes you just ponder and realize how small we think on this earth. And we need to expand into what God created us to be. And self-awareness, who you think you are, has everything to do with it. Because if you don't think that you are a child of God, then what are you? You're just a uh, something that appeared out of nowhere. Um, you, you don't have a value until you create your own. But that's not what God's telling us. The Creator who said, light be, and who made the human body and put a spirit and a soul and a mind inside of our body, that Creator, He is the one who said to us, you are a somebody. You are my child. You are made in my own image and likeness. And if you ponder God for, for a moment, and you ponder what it would be like if you were God, and what it would be like <clears throat> if anything and everything that you wanted, you could have. You could say it. You could command it. You could watch it manifest in front of your eyes. And you could have everything. You could have the perfect earth, the perfect sun, the perfect colors, the perfect everything. But what would be missing is someone to share it with. Because if you right now as a human are a wealthy human and you have cars and travel and maybe a home at the beach and a home here and there, and if you've made it, made it in life but don't have someone to share it with, you're a very unhappy person. I know that for a fact. Because sharing it is what it's all about. So the Creator made it us so that He could give us the same experience He has as God, but to allow us to share with Him 
all that we have, and he wants to share it with us. The two things in life that everyone needs, including God, is to be loved and appreciated. Two things, loved and appreciated. If you're loved and you are appreciated, you feel a lot better about yourself. You feel good. You feel like you can enjoy life. If you've ever had a dog, if you've ever had an animal that greets you every time you come in the door, you go out and 10 minutes later you come back and they greet you like it's the first time they ever saw you and they love you, that's an amazing experience. <clears throat> so what I'm saying here today is that you were made specially by a creator. We call him God. We call him God Almighty, and he so loves you, and he created you in his own image and his own likeness. But do you know that? And that's where we begin. What do you know, and what do you know about yourself? God created us <clears throat> to be dreamers. What does that mean? That means you have an imagination, a part of your being that can actually imagine what things could be like before they actually are. You imagine them. Now, do you use your imagination? Well, I venture to say everybody uses their imagination. Everyone. Only they don't realize it most of the time. And, and if you don't realize you have one, you are using it, but you're using it in a negative way. <clears throat> the imagination <clears throat> is the workshop of the mind where you can design and create something in your imagination that is is either real or not real. If it's negative, let me give you an example. If someone says to you that you are, um, if a doctor diagnoses you and says you've got 10 days to live, your imagination will take over and begin to create the whole storyline of how that's going to occur. And you'll drop into a fear syndrome. Uh, you can imagine what it's like not to have things work out, or to if you, if you grew up in a family where things weren't happy, you can imagine the unhappy. You know how to imagine it. So before you even see certain people, you know what the experience of being with them will be like because of the, the negative side. So you can imagine that, and your imagination says, don't be with those people. Don't subject yourself to the kind of uh, situation where it's not happy for you. But the imagination is always working. You're imagining things. If you get excited about someone you met, and you're young, and, or any age, and you're you, you think they might be a potential mate that you would like to spend life with, you begin to imagine what that would be like. Now, this imagination is used, but not too often is it used on purpose. And the Bible tells us that we need to purpose in our heart what it is we would like to create. We were made in the image and likeness of a creator. I don't know if as a kid you got, you know, Legos or you got any of the building structure things that you could plug together and make things. And they would show you a design on paper of what you could make. But then you would have to imagine yourself putting these things in order to do that. So what I'm suggesting to you is God placed in every one of us a workshop, an imagination. 
And then once the blueprint of what you want is put into your imagination, then you need to begin to believe that it's going to come to pass. Now, the process for that is, first of all, believing there's a creator, believing there's a God. And you have to feel good about yourself, too, because if you feel broke, busted, sick, and disgusted, which a lot of people do, then your imagination is imagining things that aren't good. When Adam fell in the garden, he went bankrupt. Yeah, he was, ba- he was broke. He was spiritually broke. He had no money, so there was nothing to buy at that time. He was just used to creating things the way God showed him. But when he, when he broke apart from God and ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that sense that he had of knowing how to do that and believe and trust God was broken because he knew he violated God's trust. God said, don't eat from that one tree. And he did it. And he felt entirely guilty. A veil or a cloud, a, a, a window closed in the software that allowed him to see how to imagine what he wanted and then watch it manifest as he spoke it into the earth. Because he was just like God. So if God had to speak things to come to pass, so do we. That's how it works. God created a, a universe, an atmosphere that is responsive to what we speak and what we believe when we speak it out of our imagination or out of our heart. The Bible tells us that the, uh, you know, we, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So our imagination is the core of our heart of who we believe we are and what we believe we want. Are you using your heart to believe? Or are you allowing fear and everything else to change what you believe, causing you not to receive what you want, but what you fear? So when we when Adam fell, when we came into this earth under the curse that he had gotten, we no longer knew that we could, from the inside out, create whatever we wanted. We thought that from the outside in, everything came. The senses. And no longer would food just appear. We had to find food. We had to, from the outside in, find clothing, find housing from the outside in. But we were designed as God's child to have things materialize developing first inside. So we were designed to work from the inside out. But that inside was shut down when Adam ate from the tree. Then it was from the outside in. And we come into this earth, we're born, we grow up learning how from our parents to live from the outside in. And that's why the Bible tells us we're all born into the original sin which is eating the inf- taking in the information from the world outside and allowing it to shape how we think, how we act, what we do, and what we get. But we were designed to work from the inside out. So God re- immediately put a plan in place because he so loves us 
And it was through Jesus, the Christ, where we can be called what the Bible says, born again. And when we are born again, we now can begin to live from the inside out, not the outside in. But there's a lot of Christians who get all excited about accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And they say, I want to be baptized. Okay. And they get baptized, either dunked in water or sprinkled or whatever. But they they do what has to be done to be a child of God. And if you're in a regular church, maybe you went through the process of being baptized as a baby, but then confirmed later on. But there is a time in your life where you you actually have that moment where you go, yes, Jesus is real. And that moment is the moment when you no longer want to act from the outside in. You have chosen to learn from the inside out. And now, learning from the inside out, you are no longer conforming to this world, but you are being transformed by the renewing of your mind from the inside out. Now, where do you get the information to renew your mind and be transformed from the inside out? It comes from the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Then the Word went and paid the price for the original sin and rose from the dead. And now the Word, when we accept what He did, is in us. So the Word in us is the Word that was God and is God and connects you to God as Adam was before the fall. So God created and put together a system by which we could get reconnected after Adam fell. Now, he gave Adam free choice, and he gave you free choice. So God said, if Adam chooses to eat from that tree and take that information as law, it will kill him because it's not the information I wanted him to have. And he's saying the same thing to you and I. If you continue, as a Christian, if you continue to feed on the information from the world without the information from the Word, then you're no different than a person who hasn't yet accepted the Lord. You, you may have accepted the Lord, and praise God for that. Your name is, is not going to be blotted out from the book of life. You will make it into heaven, but miss every opportunity here on earth because you're living by the same fruit from the tree that Adam and Eve ate from. I, lots of times <coughs> we all like to blame Eve and blame Adam for what we have, right? But the truth of the matter is, you got to stop eating the fruit that they were that they introduced us to. You have to make the choice that the fruit out there in the world that we live in. And you know this is a you you can see this so easily just if you turn on the TV or go online or go, you can have all of the most incredible, stupid information bombarding you, telling you everything bad. I mean, even with medicine, when you hear the med- medical ads and they tell you, you take this because you, you, it's going to 
cure this one thing, but all these other things might happen and it's going to kill you. Obviously, I mean, it's possible it could kill you, right? So obviously, that's not from the Lord. I mean, you might be on some medicine that is helping, and that's fine. But what I'm saying is <clears throat> we have to be renewed from the inside out with the Word of God. And God wants you to prosper. So we started out talking about an imagination. Does your imagination see you prospering, or does it see you failing? Does it see you healthy, or does it see you sick? If you're someone who is, has been sick, your imagination sees you that way and rehearses everything about it. <clears throat> if a part of your body doesn't work right, or if you're missing a part of the body, your imagination sees you that way. Very real. Got it. But now we've been given the Word, and the Word works from the inside out. So no longer is looking at the body that you have. We're looking at the Word to reshape the body, to speak to the body. You have been given dominion over everything in this earth, but most Christians don't even think to use it. <clears throat> Let's take an example of imagination that believes you're broke. You say, well, I don't believe I'm broke, Art. I am. <laughs> Especially now with the prices doubling and I don't have what I need to pay my bills. Your imagination begins to show you how bad it is. And then, of course, if you turn on the TV, the news, and everybody who's talking like that, they'll reinforce what you believe. And your imagination will create a picture of, boy, it's just not going to be good. It's not going to be good. So we have to, from the inside out, take God's Word. And God's Word says that my God, Philippians 4.19, just for one example, real quick, says, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Do you believe that? <clears throat> well, I read it in the Bible. Yeah, I read it, but I don't know. But in my world, it's not reality. Well, that's because your imagination is still seeing you broke. You have to, in your imagination, begin to meditate and see yourself as wealthy. Oh, Art, I don't believe that stuff. Well, then you don't believe the gospel. Then you don't believe the word. You, you, you can tell me all day long, you don't believe me, I don't care. But if you say that, you are slapping God in the face because he's the one that gave us the word. <clears throat> Jesus is the one that said, my God supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Do you think God's broke? Of course not. Did you, can you even imagine for a second if there's a God, that he is broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. Or <clears throat> that he would attack your children, or attack your health, or somehow make you uh, be maimed, or anything like that. The God who created you wants you healthy, wealthy, and helping others. The question is, what are you imagining? Well, the Word of God will give you what to imagine, but you actually have to read it. <clears throat> and then after you read it, you will learn that you have to speak it because this is a word-activated planet. I don't care if you believe it or not. God said, let there be light. Light be. God created everything through saying it. That means he put into place a system 
that responds to the words spoken. And then he trained Adam to use it. Now, when you say it, you actually have to believe it. Whatever you're going to say, you take God's word and you say it. You must believe what you're saying. That's where the imagination comes in. You need to imagine that what you're saying absolutely will come to pass. God did not doubt when he said, light be, that there would be light. He said, light be, and his words contained the blueprint of what light is. And it began in the quantum world to come together, and he keeps he kept believing it's coming. <coughs> it should be here any second. And it took whatever time it took, and light began to come, and light began to exist. We are the same as him. you got to use your imagination. You need to begin to operate from the inside out, not the outside in. <coughs> you determine how you feel. You determine how you live. You determine if money's coming to you or running from you by what you imagine, what you speak, and apply God's word. We're going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back to talk more about it and add some scripture to it. But God wants you prosperous, He wants you healthy, and He created a system to get you to heaven and to live a good life. We'll be right back. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me. It's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. We are back. And the Bible, as we were talking, but the Bible is where we get God's word from. And you could literally break it into two parts. It's a covenant. It's a covenant between God and man. So you have the first covenant, and you have the second covenant. And those covenants are agreements between God and you. Now, God takes covenants very seriously. They are blood-driven. In the Old Testament, it was the blood of animals <clears throat> that was used to create the covenant between God and man. In the New Testament, or the New Covenant, it is the blood of Jesus, once and for all, that sealed the deal. What is a covenant? It's an agreement <clears throat> that can never, ever be broken because it's based on the integrity and the word of the two people in the covenant. <clears throat> in the Old 
um, American days were, uh, there were Indians and different, and, and, and even in other countries, people have made covenants, family covenants. And in order to survive, they, they had a covenant between two families because they protect each other. <clears throat> and they would actually do it in blood. They would actually do a blood covenant. God did a blood covenant with Abraham. And he promised him. And that's what began the road back from when Adam fell in the garden. It was a covenant between man and God, God and man. So we have to understand the covenant. We have to understand what it means and and how this is a legal covenant between the creator of the universe and man and us. Well, why doesn't it just work all the time then? Because there was a rebellion in heaven. And Lucifer rebelled, took one-third of the angels, departed from, well, didn't depart, got thrown out of heaven, and then came to earth. And when you look back and at, at all the prehistoric stuff on this earth, and they can't explain what looks like there were gods here or giants here, there were. But they came from heaven. They were thrown out. But they came here to take over mankind, which God created. And they have done their best to keep you from discovering that you are a child of the Almighty God. <clears throat> That's the outside in. But we, we, especially now, we who are born again, are learning to live from the inside out and learning that Jesus set us free. The only power that Lucifer has over anyone is what they believe in their mind. If you believe he has power, if you fear something, if you're still afraid of viruses and pandemics and you're not afraid to go anywhere, you got so paralyzed in fear that he got, he got a hold of your thinking. Your imagination is set. We have to break through because you are a child of God. You were made in the image and likeness of God. So let's go back to the Old Covenant. I'm going to read you from Genesis 39.2. I'm using the Amplified Bible because <clears throat> it makes it a little plainer when we read it. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he, though a slave, was a successful and prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Why was he? Because they discovered if they gave Joseph something to do, it always prospered. So even though Joseph was a slave, they put everything they had in his hands because God, they, they saw God was prospering him. Why was God prospering him? Because he, he was part of the covenant, and he knew it. He believed it. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, 11, 14. Therefore remember that at one time you were Gentiles, heathens, in the flesh, called uncircumcision, 
by those who called themselves circumcision, itself means to be a mere mark, in the flesh made by human hands. That's what circumcision means. So, becoming circumcised in the Old Covenant was to make a mark on your body as a covenant sign that you belonged to God. That was the Old Covenant, the first covenant. Remember that you were at that time separated, living apart from Christ, excluded from all of him, from all parts of him, utterly estranged and outlawed from the rights of Israel as a nation, and strangers with no share in the sacred compacts of the messianic promise, with no knowledge or right of God's agreements, his covenants. You had no knowledge of it. If you don't have a knowledge of it, you can't do anything about it. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. <clears throat> and you had no hope, no promise. You were in the world without God. You know what it would be like if you live your whole life and apart from even believing in a God? And there are people trying to do that. They're lonely. They're scared. They're very most cases, depressed and not happy. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were, who once were so far away from God, though by in the blood of Christ have be, been brought near. So, apart from God has been changed because of the second covenant, the blood covenant of Jesus, we've been brought near back in line with God. For he himself, our peace, our bond of unity and harmony, he has made us both Jew and Gentile, one body, and has broken down and destroyed and abolished the hostile dividing wall between us. God broke the hostile dividing wall between God and man through the blood of Jesus. He's not mad at you. He's not hostile towards you. If, if, a, if a spaceship landed today and some supreme being came out of it and said, I'm in charge now. You are going to be my slaves and you're going to do what I tell you to do. God is that supreme being, but he's not doing that. He's saying, I want you as my children, not as my slave. I want you to enjoy owning what I have, not working on your knees for me or bowing your knee to me. My blood paid a price to get you back in right standing with me, and there is no dividing wall between us. It's gone. Satan tried to put up a wall between God and man so that he tried to make all men believe that God's mad at him. Or, You're not worthy. You, you are not 
someone God wants because you're a sinner. You are guilty. You are guilty. And how many people, as Christians, still walk around broke, busted, sick, disgusted, feeling down and guilty, when all the while God has a second covenant based in the blood of Jesus that has taken down the dividing wall between him and us. You're the only one, if you still believe there is one, you're the only one that's keeping the wall there. With your imagination, I might add, because it doesn't exist. So it takes your imagination to believe it does. Deuteronomy 8, 9 and through 14. A land in which you shall eat food without shortage and lack nothing in it. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, you shall bless the Lord your God for all the good land which he has given you. That's his plan for you. To give you the land where there's no shortage, no lack, where stones are iron, and out of those hills you can get copper or any kind of metal you need for anything. When you have eaten and you're full, you shall bless the Lord your God for all the good land. You'll thank him. That's how you bless him. You, you thank him. Remember in the beginning of this program, I said there's two things every creation wants. To be loved and appreciated. Do you love God? What's the number one commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. Do you love God? Do you appreciate God? If you love Him and appreciate Him, then you are on the right path from living from the inside out. If you're someone who refuses God, rejects God, rejects the idea that there's a God who loves you just the way you are. He loves you just who you are right now. I don't care what you think you've done wrong. He loves you just like that. If you reject the idea that you're loved, there's no dividing wall. There is nothing you could have done, nothing you're currently doing, or nothing you will do that will divide you from God. I'm sorry, whoever taught you that is lying and listening to the father of lies because God Almighty has taken away the dividing wall. He loves you. Period. Now, that doesn't mean you won't transform out of where you are or change from what you are doing. But he loves you just the way you are. He's not asking you to change you. He's asking you to love him. Out of loving him will come your prosperity. And out of your prosperity, you will be transformed. But you won't be the one doing it. It'll be the Holy Spirit and God Almighty in you that is doing it. He is the one who does the work. That's another topic. We're not going there today, but he's the one doing the work. All you have to do is is begin to imagine that God is not against you. He's not.
He is for you. 100%. And he's not asking you to fix yourself before you come to him. Mm -mm. If you could, you would. He's not asking you to do that. He already put the fix in for you. Just the way you are. Right where you are. I don't care what you think you're doing wrong. God has put the fix in for you. All you've got to do is love him and appreciate it. Accept him as the real creator into your heart, into your imagination. Make a room for him in the inn. Make an inn in your imagination and put him in so that he who began the good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus developing that work and bringing you to full completion. He will bring you where he wants you, not you. You don't have to bring you anywhere. God will do the work. He loves you. Will you love him? Will you appreciate him? Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his precepts, and his statutes. Statutes. Well, how do you know what they are? You read them. You get them out of the word, right? But at the same time, what if you do break the commandments? Don't forget them. You know, work towards being better. But you have an advocate with the Father. His name is Jesus. And he who began a good work in you will get you through. You don't have to be worried about it. You just have to love the fact that God created you. And you're a child of Almighty God. Accept it. Love the Lord your God. Love him and appreciate what he did. Least you have eaten and are full and have built goodly houses and live in them. And when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all you have is multiplied, then your minds and your hearts will be, don't let them get lifted up to forget the Lord God. Don't forget where it came from. God would not have put in the Bible that he wants you to have all this gold and silver if he didn't want you to have it. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you're living where there's not enough, you're listening too much to what the world is telling you, not enough to what the Word is telling you. So we have to put the Word in. If he brought us, if he brought you out of the land of Egypt, he's talking to the Jews, and out of the house of bondage, he doesn't want you back in bondage. The whole mission of Jesus was to go get all of us out of bondage. Mental, imaginative bondage. Your imagination is working. It's just working against you. People will sit in corners and imagine some really evil things. They could they just imagine, I mean, even a murder, what they call premeditated murder, that's someone who imagined doing it before they did it. Imaginations are powerful, powerful things. Any of these shootings, mass shootings, you think that wasn't imagined? 
it was fully imagined prior to happening by the person doing it, putting it on people. So imaginations are real. You could say, I don't know how to work mine. Yeah, you do. Just sit down and be quiet for a minute. Stop blabbing all the time. And just allow the Lord to show you a picture of what He wants for you. He wants you to be healthy, wealthy. Oh, yeah. And He wants you to love others the way He loves you. He wants you to love Him and appreciate Him. He wants you to give and help others to learn what He's going to show you. That's what He wants. Let's read um, Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. And beware, lest you say in your mind, in your heart, in your imagination, my power and might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. It says, beware. The minute you start that kind of talk, I did this. I got this. But you shall earnestly remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. So God swore to the forefathers in, in uh, the Testament number, covenant number one, that he would make them wealthy. He swore in Testament number two that through the blood of Jesus, he wants us to gave us the power to get wealth. But don't start thinking it's you. You're so wise. You just know what the stock market's going to do every day. Man, I, I don't even know how a flashlight works. And you're going to tell me you know how to make money and make it accumulate? Even the ones that are billionaires today, I'm telling you, didn't know what they were doing. Lucifer led most of that crowd to the billionaire status, knowing he had their hearts and he could use that money for his purposes. Not all, but some. But those that get there know it wasn't just by because of all the wisdom they had. If you had so much wisdom, you'd have went down the street where you live, and you'd have bought that piece of property, no matter what it cost, you'd have figured out a way that just got sold for $10 billion because some big company wants it and it's on a corner. If you knew that, you'd have bought it 20 years ago. But you didn't know it. You don't know it. And so when people get all puffed up and say, well, I've got all this money I've made. I was good. I, I, I. How about God blessed you? and would like you to simply acknowledge that he did and appreciate him for what he did, then he can continue to bless you. Or you're going to shut off the spigot, and there'll be no more blessing, and you'll wonder what happened. You know, faith in God is, is the element by which we need to cultivate, develop, and it comes from the inside out. Here in Genesis 17, Verse 1 through 5. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am Almighty God. Walk and live 
habitually before me and be perfect, blameless, wholehearted, and complete. Now, first of all, if you made it to 99 years old and God appeared to you, you figure, what have I got to lose? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, at that point, you know, you made it, you lived 99 years and didn't get what you wanted. And all of a sudden, God appears to you. However, a ball of energy, a real uh, form of God just talking to you, whatever. An alien, I don't care, however you call it. And he says to you, I am Almighty God. Walk and live habitually before me. Be perfect, blameless, wholehearted, and complete. And you're thinking, how do I do that? And God said, and I will make my covenant, my solemn pledge between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Now, this is at 99. So, obviously, he hadn't been multiplied. He f tried to do it himself, didn't work. 99! He's now going to multiply him. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Ask, As for me, behold, my pledge, my covenant, is with you, and you shall be the father of many nations. So if you're listening to me and you're 70, 80, even 90, remember, he was 99. And now he comes and says, I'm gonna, now I'm going to make you the father of many nations at 99. What would you say? Oh, where you been? Well, where were you when I was like 50 or 40? right? Nor shall your name any longer be Abram, which, which means high exalted father, but your name shall be Abraham, <clears throat> for I have made you the father of many nations. So when he added the H and made it Abraham, it became the father, the now the name meant father of multitudes. From, so from that day on, he began to call Abraham the father of a multitude. At 99. He's 99. I know people that are 55 and 60 who quit on life already. And he, he was 39 years past that. 99. And now he's going to make him the wealthy and the father of many nations. I find it interesting how a covenant works. The covenant is between us and God. God can, is anything too hard for him? He created everything. I think he likes waiting till you get tired of trying. You, you get tired of trying, you realize you can't do it. And then he shows up and says, well, I've been, I've been here all along and I'd like to do it for you. Would you let me? And what do you say? Oh, I got this. I got this. I have my 401k. I got this. I got that. I got, I'm telling you what, man, right now, if you're in the market, you see what's going on. I so much more like the rules in the kingdom where it says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and flowing over 30, 60 and a hundred fold. 
So when we sow into the kingdom, we sow into his world of his banking system, and he'll bring it back a hundredfold. Wow. How'd you like to get a hundred? How'd you like to put into an account, say save a thousand dollars and get a hundredfold return tomorrow? That's a hundred thousand. That's not a bad return. And that's the way God's system works. But that's the covenant. We're talking about two covenants. First covenant, second covenant. Are you operating them? Are you living by covenant rules? Or are you still living by the rules from the outside in? If you're letting the outside in control you, then you are wasting your life. But I've made money, Art. I'm very well set. I've got what I want. I've got enough money to take care of me and my family. That's great. Did you get it or did God allow you to get it? Have you appreciated the God who gave you the health and the wealth? And now, have you given to others? Have you loved others? Unfortunately, the rich young ruler... You know, he, he said, I've done it all. I kept the commandments. And Jesus said, you lack only one thing. Give it all away to the poor and come follow me. Couldn't do it because money became his God. He trusted in money, not in God. We're out of time. and I've got a lot more papers here to read, but I guess it's not for today's program. So what I want to encourage each one of us to do is to this week, Live from the inside out, not the outside in. Sit down with yourself and use your imagination to imagine something good that's about to happen and watch how the Lord shows you how it will come to pass. Take the covenant, the second covenant, the blood of Jesus, and apply it to your imaginative thinking that you want. And praise God. Thank Him and love Him. And I'll see you next week. You have a great day. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.